So cool. Well, you ready to jump in? Just talk about stuff. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. We'll see how this goes. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm curious. Like, been out of been out of practice for a little bit here. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, cool. Let's do it. This is Red Flags and Red Cards, a podcast about racing, soccer, and everything in between. What's up, guys? Welcome to a the final episode of Red Flags and Red Cards of 2021. Hard to believe that we are at the end of the year. Uh, we have missed you guys. It's been what feels like forever since we uh, recorded and, and had an episode. It's a lot going on. Uh, but we have a, a married man on the podcast now. Uh, <laughs> yes, indeed. Josh's been married for two and a half weeks now. Yep. A very yeah. fun, fun wedding it was. Yes, it was. It was a uh, it, it genuine. I was, I were, you know, you're always, I'm sure you had the same experience the kind of hesitancy of like, will people have fun? Will there be, will people actually dance? Will they do, you know, right. Will there be enough food? All those things. Um, there's and, plenty and, of bacon. Yes. <laughs> there was <laughs> no shortage of food outside. We had a kerfuffle with the waffles. We were going to have waffles and it just didn't work out. So like oh. a handful of people got waffles. I think like, yeah, I did. did you got, did you get waffles? I got a waffle. Yeah. Okay. I think they were basically like, we're going to make sure the wedding party gets waffles. But then after that, most people probably aren't going to get waffles, okay. but there was so much food that I think most people were okay with that. I was very satisfied. So. There was so much food. <laughs> yeah. So good. It was, but it was perfect. Yeah. It was a good time. So glad you were able to, to make it you and Lou, that was awesome. Just it's it's such a it's just such a bizarre but fun event. Yeah, you know, very true. Yes, it's like like just the idea. Like I was watching, you know, Tommy um, and my friend Paul, who was in the wedding. Who you know, Tommy was a great friend from of ours from Liberty, yeah. and then Paul is a good friend of mine from my church and seminary, and you know, just two like really cool guys that I really enjoy. And now they're like, they're coming together and working on a project. And I'm like, this is, this is weird. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. Like, yeah. They, so like, after they met each other at the wedding, they're now going to be working on something together. No, no, no. At the wedding. Oh, like, at the wedding. Up, oh, yeah, I, at got the wedding, like, I got you. I got you. Yeah. They're, yeah, yeah. they're helping put up the lights on the tent. And I'm like, this is just kind of your two worlds colliding. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's like all these, it's like, and then that at the end, when we had the sparkler send off walk, down the aisle thing mm-hmm. like it's just so weird to look and it's like there's jason cooley and emily and them and they're they're next to like my friend from charlotte and who's next to two of my students <laughs> like <laughs> right who are next to like another friend from you know seminary whatever it is you know and it's just such a it's such a bizarre experience but it was it was such a fun night and uh glad it was just good so good. and and things have been good since then so Great good, good. couple weeks away at the honeymoon and getting back to normal life. But now we're back to recording the pod. How's uh, how's everything going with you as your end of year winding down? It's going well. Uh, I want to read a quick text message you sent me, and then I'll, then I'll get on that. I asked you if you had watched the F1 race. <laughs> and you responded with, I'll try to tonight after the kids go to bed. <laughs> and I responded with, well, that's a new statement. <laughs> 
<laughs> I read it like three times and I was like, whoa, <laughs> that's too real. It's it's quite the shift. Like today, um, Lucy, who's the, the youngest, she was like, so so you're like my dad now, right? I was like, yeah, yeah I'm your stepdad. I mean, your your dad's still your dad. But like, I'm like, she's like, so like, we're like your daughters. It's like stepdaughter. Yeah. Aww. Yeah. It's like stepdaughters, but we're not. So it was, <laughs> it's like funny watching those. It's it's just as uh, like interesting a thing to watch them process as it is for me to process. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> you're like, but, how do I answer this innocent question? <laughs> right, right. Um, so it's fun. Like today, this morning, I had the girls all morning, and it's just kind of like getting unique, like getting used to like all of us getting used to. Okay, this is this is our life. <laughs> yeah, like we're <laughs> so yeah. That's, that's cool. been bizarre. That's um, cool. I was able to watch it. Before then, though, I was able to watch the race in the afternoon. The girls started playing some games in the rooms, and Kylie was working on something. And I was like, I'm going to go lay on the couch and take a nap and watch the F1 race. There you go. Um, which there's very little napping that happened because that race was phenomenal. Oh, absolutely. But before we jump into that, um, I'm doing I'm doing super um, – I'm doing good. Uh, come down with a little sickness here. Um, I think it's just a, just a good old – cold and my body telling me to chill for two seconds because we've been going mm-hmm. at it all of december ever since thanksgiving, <laughs> ever since thanksgiving i think i've been home for 10 days total um, yeah i was so. like i was like okay because you guys were in atlanta then you came to the wedding and then i'm looking i'm like okay they're in boston now I'm like okay now they're in new jersey <laughs> yeah now he's is didn't you like get back for like three hours and then had to go on tour or something like that yeah we went to boston for a little friend's trip and to be and to see my cousin and go see uh dan and shay the band camino and ingrid andrus that was nice. their last show of that tour we really wanted to see it and they tore their schedule their tour schedules like mine where they tour thursday through sunday but this one time just because of the pandemic and and rescheduling the tour their last tour date ended on a monday so we were able to go to it because it's a Monday or on yeah mm-hmm. Monday or Tuesday, Monday I can't remember. <laughs> um, anyway, did that trip and we came home on Thursday afternoon and then six seven hours later I was on the bus headed to Milwaukee to go <laughs> and and then that trip happened and then I was home for forty eight hours not even forty eight hours and Lou and I flew to New York City to hang out before our tour started up there on wednesday um and then we had a show wednesday thursday friday saturday which four show runs are are fairly rare um, and um rightfully so because they are exhausting Uh, i don't know how guys just tour for three months at a time and like just go 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 have like maybe three days off somewhere in in between there um it's it's so grueling maybe when i mean when i was 20 25 I knew that probably would have been, it would have been fine, mm-hmm. but it just does such a toll on you now in your thirties. It's like, all right, <laughs> I can do the, you know, get on the bus Wednesday night, come home Sunday morning, have three shows like that. That works. But mm-hmm. for, that fourth show just takes so much out of you. Cause you like, you get up that fourth day and you're like, Oh my gosh, we have to do this one more time. Okay. And thankfully every venue was amazing. Everyone was so nice each, each stop along the way. Um, and uh, it was really cool that Lou was able to be with us for two of those shows. And um, the guys love her. And uh, mm-hmm. and she gets along with them so well. And uh, we just have a really good time. So it was it was nice having her out with us. And uh, But, yeah, now we get to – we're taking a few days off here. We're 
starting to pack for our trip to Colorado for Christmas. And uh, next show is New Year's Eve at the Orange Bowl. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> That's <laughs> <Yeah>. so cool. <laughs> yeah, we're doing the we're doing the pregame show. Um, it's like in the fan zone thing that they're doing. Uh, get nice. to do that. Get to watch the game for free. It's gonna be Michigan versus Alabama. Um, should be no, 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 Michigan. Game. No, Michigan versus Georgia. Sorry. Yeah, still um, should still, be a great game. Should be great. Way. I'm, I'm, I kind of, I don't know if I want a rematch of Georgia Alabama for the championship. I kind of want to see Michigan up there, but I won't be upset if Georgia wins. Mm-hmm. Um, I have no pun intended. I have no dog in this fight. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> but uh, or a Wolverine in the fight. Oh, Wolverine, you know, or a, or an elephant, or a, what's Cincinnati's the Bearcats or something? Yeah. Okay. I don't have a bear paw in it. <laughs> <Not a bear laughs> in the fight. <laughs> That's my new thing. I don't have a bear paw in this, guys. What? <laughs> uh, it's awesome. Um, but amidst all of this, uh, after the NASCAR season ended, F1 continued on for what three more races? Yeah. Yeah. Qatar, Jeddah, and Abu Dhabi. Mm-hmm. Um, which was. Really cool to see a uh, just consistent, like a flow of races all in the Middle East. Um, mm-hmm. You know, just given the Middle East and, and you know just just the the history of the Middle East and just it's not a destination, if you will. Um, mm-hmm. To see three races in that area was was really cool. Um, I really hope that it did good things for those areas and for the economies in there. But anyway. Um, it was just really yeah, cool yeah, seeing yeah. three desert races in a row in December. Did, did I ever tell you I almost got to go to um, a Formula E race in in the Middle East? No, <laughs> there was there was times we had some friends that like were like going through the area or something like that, and we were gonna it was gonna potentially work out for us to visit for me and a couple friends to visit them uh-huh. in the Middle East. Um, and it was going to fall in line with the, the weekend of the F formula E race. Uh-huh. And so we were, we were considering like, we're like, Oh, well, you know, if these things work out, we'll, we'll make that happen where we'll go there for a formula E race. Um, but it ended up falling through, oh, man. <laughs> but that would have been one of those bizarre life experiences that, yeah, know, we've been watching, really like fun, but... watching the RC cars race around <laughs> probably really cool though i i'm i'm curious about it um i know parker kligerman went to one a few years ago and he said it was uh a letdown but mm. just because you don't get the fumes and the noise and right. all that but i feel like it's still probably somewhat entertaining i've watched a few races who is this guy driving around our neighborhood just doing laps homie i'm not kidding he just drove past our house but for the 10th time uh, whenever I see that, I assume it's a kid learning how to drive. Oh, oh, you know what? That's smart. Good mm-hmm. call. Good call. We have that happen in our in the church parking lot all the time. It's uh-huh. just driving circles. And someone's like, "What's happening? Why is there somebody here driving in circles?" I'm like, "I bet it's a 14, 15 year old kid," and mm. usually it is. So <sighs> with dad next door, next door. Yeah. Right. Yep. Yeah. You can't really hit anything in a parking lot. That's gonna damage <laughs> light, other vehicles. Light pole. So there's light poles, <laughs> but you know, if you hit a light pole. That's uh, on you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Good to know. Good to know. Um, but um, there, Jetta and – we'll just hang on with Formula 1 for now. Jetta and uh, Qatar proved to be interesting races. I think Qatar was more boring than we were hoping. Uh, mm-hmm. 
that track I think is was originally designed for MotoGP, and it was one of those races that had to randomly get on the schedule to fill Singapore's date, I believe. R- and yes, I think it was Singapore or Japan. One, yeah, one of those. Um, like, I was like, wait, is Singapore in Japan? <laughs> no, no, it's not. No, <laughs> not, not too far from it. I don't think. <laughs> um. <laughs> yeah wait a second suzuka you're thinking suzuka <laughs> though yeah yeah um yeah so that that race was fine it was just kind of meh i think the drivers enjoyed it but it was just it would it wasn't that great it was um, a race that happened it was a race that happened then Jeddah was a like concrete jungle concrete being like <laughs> barriers um sorry singapore is a country i was really yes having a mental block i yes. was like it's just south what of, is singapore it, it is borders it a, china right um Yes. Yeah. Quick? Okay. It does. Okay. That's what I thought. <laughs> yeah, because it no, sounds like it should it, be a It city. borders Malaysia. <laughs> oh, wow. We suck. Yeah. <laughs> is it really? Yeah. Oh, man. It is. Wow. It's well south of China. Anyway. Anyway. American. Um, uh, yeah. Well, Jeddah just being. Geography going. Yeah. Jeddah was in Saudi Arabia, which it was uh tight like monaco and fast like monza as uh, i think crofty said said um along those lines uh that was a really interesting race uh just lots of drama lots of inconsistencies with uh, the stewards which you know no surprise there um and it was that it was a race that I feel like we saw Max just kind of, I don't want to say product of his own demise because I feel like some of it wasn't all his fault, <laughs> but uh, he ended up losing that race, and uh, I think Lewis won the aside from the last race he won four straight, three straight. It's at least three. I don't remember if it was four. I can't remember that far back. Um, <laughs> um but <laughs> yeah, it was it was a pretty because there's a moment where. It was kind of setting up like everybody, most people talking felt like Red Bull had the advantage and that the last few races, Max would be able to stretch out the lead. And that did not happen at all. Uh Um, And it it kind of had that reverse where all of a sudden you got to the last race with them in a tie, um, which it it was a perfect script. Absolutely perfect script. Uh, but was it a perfect ending? That's the question. Yeah. So going into Abu Dhabi, the the points were tied up, uh, which was just amazing. I mean, after twenty some odd races of a season, at, in all the chaos that was the season, uh, it was tied up. And I love looking. <laughs> I love looking at all that, all like with the points and all the races. And well, if this one thing hadn't happened, the points would be this. And if this one thing hadn't happened, the points would be this. Like. It's it's fun looking at that, especially like like just coming from you know NASCAR guys. It you could come down to one point, which is literally one position on track, you know, mm-hmm. from any right any of the previous twenty six races leading up to the playoffs. It's, it's like something so small can make it makes such a big difference, and I feel like you see the same thing here happen in F one, where, you know, Max having him screw up, Lewis, who's very few at screw very does not screw up very easily. Um, you know, the, and then he mishap he had, and everything just lined up to be tied going into Abu Dhabi. That in and of itself was just shaping up to be just what are, what are, kind of a race are we going to get? And the race we got was just 
I don't know if it's the commentators that do it. I don't know if it's Crofty <laughs> and Martin Brundle who are so good at just keeping you locked in. I mean, part of it, I do think, they, I mean, they are so good at it mm-hmm. um, and creating and like, you know, really elaborating on storylines and, and whatnot and knowing when to shut up about storylines. Um, I mean, but from the, from lights out, it was just what's going to happen. And it happened in, was it turn five or turn six <laughs> when, <laughs> when Max dove into the corner and it forced Lewis off the track and then Lewis kept first and even though Max had passed him essentially in the corner and, and Christian Horner's pissed at, at FIA for not making Ma- or Lewis get the spot back and this, that, and the other. Like, what was your take from that? Because I know that you, I took the Martin Brundle side the whole time. I was like, I feel mm-hmm. like Max was there. He had the spot. The door was left open. He went through it. And therefore, Lewis just needs to be a race car driver and know when to let up, which is easy for me to say behind a computer, you know. But uh, he just needs to be a time to let up, give Max the position, then go after first again rather than go off and go on the runoff and quote unquote slow down as he said that they claim he did um and never gave the position back what was your initial response to all that my it's it's hard so um i haven't spent time you know i've been watching f1 for the last couple years each year with more interest um and making more of an effort to watch as much of it as i can at the very least i'd always watch you know the eight minute eight to ten minute highlight videos um but my i'm not as well versed in the rules as I am with like NASCAR, where I got a pretty good idea of what the rules are or the the gray area, how they kind of tend to rule in the gray area. Mm-hmm. Um, but the way I was looking at it, knowing kind of the way it's it is and how much of it is geared towards this element of letting you know of not hit, having contact and making sure you stay on the track and all these different things. That's where the conflict came in because Max dove really late and, in my opinion, didn't give Lewis an opportunity to make the corner. If Mm -hmm. Lewis stays within the confines of the track, they're going to make contact, and uh, at least one, if not both of them, are going to be having to make some type of stop for changing their wing or something like that is going to have to have to be at play uh-huh. um on the front of the car or something you know something like that's going to happen yeah and so lewis bailing i think was the smart move and so with that i was kind of like but he shouldn't but he cut the course and was able to maintain his position and so i was like conflicted of like i mean i don't think lewis, i think lewis made the right decision based off of how max how late max entered the corner mm-hmm. but then i'm also like but isn't it within the rules too that you have to stay on the track Right. And you can't and he it's not like he got off the track and then came back on at that same point. He cut a significant corner and jumped back to his lead. Um and he may have given up a little bit of time, but it wasn't enough. And so initially I was kind of more on the side of Lewis, but then the more they were describing the rules and talking about it, I started to get more on the side of he should be penalized, um <laughs> or you know, forced to move back. And I was still conflicted, and I asked I asked Jason about it, um, and he's like, "I get the argument of resetting the gap, but I felt that Max was closer. The stewards, I think, were put in a situation where Lewis yielded to avoid penalty, but didn't avoid yield enough, so they justified it by saying Max lunged over aggressively, which was also true." 
<laughs> and so I was like, yeah, that that kind of that kind of fits. Um, so I don't I don't I don't know if they made the right decision or not, but I'm kind of okay with the way it played out. But sure. I would have been okay had they also told Lewis to give up the spot. Right. I think. If you go into Lewis, if you go find Lewis's in-car um, audio and camera, you hear him go off throttle a little bit. Like he kind of feathers it when he goes to, into the off track. But mm-hmm. it just like from uh, like the like a uh, from the in car, it's like oh okay, there is an attempt, there is an attempt to slow down. But then when like you just go to the regular broadcast camera view, it looks like there's no let up at all. So I'm guessing mm. from them hearing him let off, like feather the throttle a little bit, that's what they're, and obviously looking at timing and all that, and uh, data, as TJ right. Majors, you know, loves, um, <laughs> that he did let off. But like, as far as the gap is concerned, it looked like he gained a solid second and a half to two seconds. Um, right. And I was just like, are we really not giving this back? Like, it, like fine if they keep Lewis up front, but like, get them closer together at least. Um, Mm -hmm. But that, yeah, it was just absolutely insane. And then after that, I mean, Lewis just took off. I mean, that car had raw speed Mm -hmm. at that track. Um, Yeah, I was, it's the type of thing where I was watching and looking and thinking, I'm like, you know, if, if they did put Lewis behind Max, he probably would have passed him. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I know it's hard to pass and there's so much with dictating you know, pace and all that stuff. And when you're up front, it's easier to kind of save your stuff and kind of dictate that a bit more. But I still like Lewis's car was just so good that it's, it's not hard to imagine a situation where they make him give up the spot. And within 15 laps, he's passing them back again. Um, whether that's through the, the pit cycle, um, with them, you know, or, or just on raw speed. Cause that car, like you said, was just, a absolute rocket and he didn't he open up to like a at one point like a 14 second lead or something like that prior to maybe more um, than that yeah i know there's it, it got to a bit more during when uh max made the second pit stop um mm-hmm. but before that we get to that part i just want to talk about the greatest part of the race for me without a doubt was sergio perez oh my versus lewis hamilton oh my gosh like what <laughs> <laughs> How long? It felt like it lasted for twenty minutes, but it only lasted for what two, la- three laps? Yeah, I think it was not uh, even. It was, it was, it was really like a lap and a half to two laps or so. But it was just the. It might have been. It might have been over two laps. But it just the way Lewis was coming. It kind of you kind of expected him to to get by him pretty quickly, and he he did. It was mm-hmm. like, oh, okay, yeah, it took him took him like four corners once he caught him and he got by him. But then Sergio got into the. Uh, was able to pick up the um DRS. push to pass DRS. <laughs> like it's not pushed to pass. But he's able to pick up the DRS and get when he slingshotted by him again on the old tires and yes. was able to complete that pass. And then to hold him. It was <laughs> yeah. It was just I was like jumping up and down. Yes. I was supposed to, I told myself I was taking a nap at that point, but I was like, what is happening? How is he doing this? This is absolutely incredible. Um, it's criminal that he didn't win the, uh, driver of the race, oh, but man, I get it. It was Kimi Raikkonen's last race. And so he's going to win no matter what. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but that battle was just, it was, it was arguably the like two best laps of racing I've ever watched. 
Oh yeah, it I was mean, incredible. Yeah, and and like the, when when uh, yeah, well, the first like you said when Lewis went by him, and then and then Sergio was still able to pick up the DRS and then go by him again. Like that was so unexpected. Like he, like Lewis got by him, and everyone's thinking, okay, well that that didn't last long, and naturally so, just because of the bad tires, and he just keeps battling back and forth with him in in the in the the um the gap between those two and and uh max got within a second and a half i think mm-hmm. and but, it was at like 11 seconds prior to that yeah battle. and max came over the radio and said uh sergio is or uh Jekko is a is a legend or something like that mm-hmm. um yep. which is was so cool to see and here um I love those two as as teammates. I think I think this this second chance for Sergio has been so rewarding. We just need some more wins out of him next year. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it looks like he and Max just get along really well. It's refreshing to see within teammates because they always look like there's like this bad blood. Um, right, but it's I don't it's know. It's hard finding a guy that's okay with being second fiddle. That's just uh, yeah. I mean, especially when what all you have to do to make it to this level of racing. Like it's that mentality isn't just okay with being like, okay, my job is based around getting this other guy to win as often as possible or do the best he can. That's kind of a, a hard thing for a lot of those, anybody really to get on board with. Um, so to, to do that and to do that well, and to not have that bitterness or disdain grow over time. And it might, I mean, this is only year one of them working together, right? but, um, but Sergio's older, you know, there's kind of that wisdom element too, maybe, but yeah. it's, yeah, it is, it is refreshing to watch. And, um, but I mean, even still, once that happened, you know, Lewis stretched out the lead again, like, like it was nothing. Stretched it out, stretched it out to a point where I almost fell asleep <laughs> and I was mm-hmm. like, all right, this is going to be it. He's going to, he's going to break the record for the eighth championship. Like, Half of me was like, okay, well, it's cool to witness that kind of history. Yeah, I always try to take that point of view of like, okay, well, that's cool in in its own right. Uh, but I did that wasn't the outcome I wanted. Like, I, I ultimately wanted Max to win, mm-hmm. uh, but I didn't want him to win under such circumstances. <laughs> um, so, for those yeah. who do not know, um, with eight eight or six laps to go, I want to say it was six. Somewhere in there, um, Nicholas Latifi's right rear blew or or got a puncture, and um, and then it cost him ultimately to uh, hit the wall and bring out a safety car because his uh, his car was in a bad spot for for uh, Marshalls to get it, um, and there's debris all over the track and it was just utter just just chaos of stuff everywhere. And in part of me was like, all right, cool, we're gonna get a restart. Wait a second, this isn't NASCAR. We may not get a restart. <laughs> um, I was like, this might end under caution. What a terrible way to end the final race. But you know what? Whatever. That's part of F one. And sure enough, um, like like um, Crofty and um, Brundle are talking about how you know if there's like no way to to get. Uh, you know, if they want to get all the lap cars through, you know they have to wait a whole another lap, and according to the according to the rules, another lap to go green. Um, so there's just no way, like this is going to happen. So hey, we'll, we'll find out what happens. And then the stewards announce, okay, 
coming to the restart, uh, all the um, lap cars are going to stay in their positions. Well, there was five cars in between uh, Lewis in first, Max in second. I think it was about five. Um, and it was a heck of a gap. So you come to a restart, there's really no way Max is going to catch Lewis, especially like just from the raw speed of Lewis and five cars in between. Yes, they will mm-hmm. pretty much get out of the way, get out of Max's way, but there's still that crazy gap. Um, so we're like, all right, well, that's that. Um, and then uh, Christian Horner radios to uh, uh, Michael Massey, who is the director of F1. We'll get to that in a minute. Uh, and says, like, this isn't right. Like, why aren't you letting them through? Da, 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 da. And you don't really hear much more of that. And then all of a sudden, the little top part, the, little, the uh, announcement slide, if you will, um, on the screen says, uh, lap cars to pass through before safety car is, like goes back into the pits, basically. <laughs> the next thing you know, five cars go through. Uh, Max and Lewis bunch up, and it was only those first five, not the whole, all lap cars, <laughs> right? It, which did not hit me. I don't think it really yeah. hit everybody at, mm-hmm. at that point. Um, like they they go through, and I was like, "All right, this is gonna be awesome. We're gonna have a heck of a uh, a final lap, you know." And I'm I'm putting that one lap in con- like that's all it's in my tunnel vision of watching this race. Don't mm-hmm. worry about any of the inconsistencies coming from Michael Massey and the stewards at this point in time. <laughs> so the final lap happens. Uh, Max passes Lewis um, in dramatic fashion. He doesn't touch him. It was a really, really great battle. Um, and as Jason Cooley put it, if you put the that, that last lap out of context, it was a fantastic finish. And then I told you that, and you're like, but you can't take it out of context. <laughs> right? That's the problem. Yeah. And I, but even, like, the way Lewis got back beside him, too, and yes. tried to make that pass on the outside. And it was, again, it was like, are we about to have that, like, that same moment of, like, I knew I knew Max won because I, I checked, like, I got on Twitter in the morning um, mm. just not even thinking about the F1 race. I just pulled up Twitter, uh-huh. and it was, you know, everyone talking about the, you know, max winning and the drama and stuff like that i'm like okay i'm gonna shut this off because i'm gonna watch this i know there's drama i know people are upset i want to get the full context of why um so i knew he won but it's even still knowing that max wins when lewis got up next to him i was like wait is he gonna pull sergio perez and get back by him like how's this like what's happening here it it was pretty i i mean just like that's that's one of the evidences of a good event when you already know the outcome and you're still watching it left in doubt of like wait did everybody on social did i misread that yeah did somebody post something wrong and like <laughs> i'm like was parker klingerman wrong yeah <laughs> right he's the person i saw yeah. i'm like was he wrong did <laughs> it's always fun to see what other guys in other racing series are saying about that whole thing and like the opposing views it's fantastic yeah my buddy had the same problem uh he he woke up and got on he like he gets on reddit all the time and he clicked on reddit without even thinking and, and it spoiled it for him he had this the almost exact response you just had where he went back and watched the race he goes how in the world does max win this thing like i don't understand <laughs> at all um so yeah well ma- there's even <clears throat> good like jason had, had uh texted me that um uh the uh um what's her name cars get a uh, got fourth and fifth uh, Alpha Tori, right? Yeah, huh? Alpha yeah. Tori, yeah. yeah. And I was looking at that. I'm like, I'm like, there's like ten laps to go, and 
they're currently in a fifth and 11th. <laughs> like, how's this going to happen? <laughs> like, something weird has to happen. That's a whole other that. way to, like, watch a sporting <laughs> event of knowing the outcome, but that you still want to know how we got here. <laughs> right. And like you said, you're I'm still like, left in doubt. I'm like, and I think it was like 18 laps to go, actually. I'm like, there's 18 laps to go, and, and he's in 11th, and somehow he's going to get in the top five. And he got to fourth. <laughs> or something like that it was like i was like how did this happen and uh it was it, it did add a a fun element to it but but yeah it was an incredible race and it was i don't know it's just it's it really it does kind of bring up a few different things where it it kind of there's a nice element for me in that it kind of brings the rest of the world into the conundrum that nascar has been like basically debating for the last 20 years of creating those moments because it's awesome you know to have yeah. that race where they're tied in points i mean that was this is really the tony stewart carl edwards moment oh yeah of f1 you know because that was the race where they finished tied in points and it was basically like a basically it came down to whoever wins this race is winning the championship yep. stewart edged out edwards and like and that took things to the next level of not just having a 10 race playoff format chase format but going to elimination playoffs in this final race and it's like it does just add so much drama and so much fun um storylines that you kind of want but it's like does that cheapen things does it not is it better to just let the story tell itself and i'm just glad the rest of the world is now starting to wrestle with the question that um we have been for two decades oh, right I and mean, a lot of people i saw a lot of people saying it's so cool that they're tied on points and it happened organically take they're taking a passive stab at nascar is is how i read mm-hmm. those tweets whether they were going doing that or not but i'm pretty sure that's how they were looking at it but yeah. um and i get that argument i mean sometimes it would it be cool for us to go back to the og points and just see how things would turn out yes and no, because I don't like crowning a champion. I honestly don't like crowning a champion more than a race before the last race. Like, right? It's just, even if it's like the second to last. I'm like, oh well, that sucks. I mean, it kind of makes the the final race fun because you're just watching it to see who's going to win the race, but you already know the champion. Um, so I get both sides of of the organic organically happening thing, um, which I which proved to be you know, joyful and, and heartbreaking respectively to those who depend on who you supported. <laughs> um, right. But I mean, yeah. you're comparing that with the year before where Hamilton had like one of the largest margin of points victories ever. Right. And right. basically wrapped it up with like f- halfway through the season. <laughs> <laughs> right. So it, <laughs> it felt, was like, so it felt like anyway. Yeah. It was like, okay. Yeah. So yeah, you do just get this. It's, I don't, I don't, and I don't know that there's a right answer. Yeah, you know, and I don't think there has to be a right answer. No, I think it's um, fun having different ways of, of getting to the same to a champion. You know. Yeah, yeah. That kind of makes um, it fun. You kind of learn from both sides. Like if you're in the NASCAR side, you see how another racing series does something, and then vice versa. I mean, just you can still make your own product, and it doesn't have to be identical. Why would we want the same thing? <laughs> right. Yeah, and so and we'll see. I don't, it'll be interesting to see if this. Well, we got a new car coming in next year that kind of changes a lot of things. But it's, it's interesting to kind of ask the question of: Is this 
like something we're going to see again next year or was this that changing of the guard moment and now it's max's series for the next yeah decade well, you know I, what's yeah. it's hard to tell especially right now we're hearing all this rumor of is lewis coming back you know mm. um uh toto wolf said something like i hope this doesn't keep lewis away i hope he wants to stay because he's so discouraged from what has happened um that was just him saying that like off the cuff it sounded like but it also had a little bit of i don't know how much um what's the word i'm looking for clout it had um but uh another story came out where it seems like there is more rumor coming out but again it's just rumor well i remember lewis making some passing comment last year that made it sound like he may have not been coming back this year right and then he he signed that two-year extension with him that kind of be like okay but you know it's he is what 39 40 years old uh um, is he he's no he's still in 30 i'm 33 he's 37 i think 37 me, oh okay let me check then why well, yeah don't retire lewis keep Actually, going I, I don't want him to retire at all <laughs> he's 36 oh he's only 36 uh-huh. oh goodness you yeah. got another four years man yeah easily. <laughs> keep it going <laughs> I mean, look at, yeah he's yeah he's gonna be fine yeah, um, yeah. i don't want to see him go away um, well he's just a great personality i mean i would never want to see him go away from f1 at all yeah and i and you know you know sometimes it's hard to ask people a week or two within the first week of something happening i mean every time that argentina got eliminated from a tournament uh Lionel messi <laughs> would retire i'm out <laughs> <laughs> he retired from international play and then the next <laughs> tournament comes up and and he's back um so you know it's 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 you don't want to make i don't want to put too much by gut reactions within a week um and total wolf said i mean there's elements of that where you think it's when with him i think it's partly for the the drama element of trying to convince some type of change in the results um i believe all of the um protests have been dropped finally yeah they have um that there's (laughs) no they've there's been an acceptance of the results but yeah it'll be but it's it's cool just to see even more so the impact. It's just been a year of seeing the growth of Formula One. Yeah. Um, you know, we talked about that with the the Grand Prix in, in Austin. Um, just the the popularity that Drive to Survive has kind of brought to the sport. Um, but it kind of it hit a new level for me with listening to. Uh, so I listened to the WGR five fifty, which is the Buffalo sports radio station uh-huh. yeah. all the time. Um, I just get in the car, pull up, what is it? The Odyssey app or something like that uh-huh. and listen to it. And I was listening to them. They were doing like a lot of bills talk and then they went into the formula one race and what? they, <laughs> yeah, they spent like significant amount of time. And it was interesting cause they didn't spend too much time focused on the, uh, controversy. They spent most of it. They just, they literally played the last, they like kind of talked about, talking about it with other people and how like exciting it is. Uh-huh. And then they literally played the last lap radio uh, like broadcast and, and kind of made their, gave their commentary over it of what they were thinking and what they were saying and how they were responding. Um, and then another guy joined him on the radio and he's like, I watched the race, but the reason, or I watched the last lap. He's like, I've never watched formula one. I know you guys like it, but I'd never watched it. But he was like, he was at the, uh, the bills, whoever the bills were playing that week. I think that was the weekend they were playing the Patriots. Mm. He's like, I got off the, I got on the elevator with one of the bills players and one of the coaches. And the coach was like talking them through what happened in the race. And he's like, all right, I gotta go back and watch this. And so you're just seeing the, the growth of it that in, like, like 
radio stations in North Carolina talking about NASCAR or racing, it's rare, but it happens. Like, because, uh-huh. you know, it's North Carolina. They don't do that in Buffalo, New York, or they didn't for a long time. Right. And now they're talking about Formula One. You know, it's not, they're not spending an hour talking about it, but they're having a 10 minute segment over a four hour radio program right. talking about F1. And that's, that's impressive. It's, it's just, yeah. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's nice when sports broadcasts are not talking about just the NFL and just the NBA for once. You're actually talking about something that's, I mean, happening every week in America. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah, that, I, yeah, that that speaks volumes of how it's growing. And it's exciting. I, I think, um, oh, they averaged a incredible, I can't remember what the exact viewership was, but the viewership for the last race was very, very high. One of the highest um, in America alone. I think mm-hmm. it was close to a million households or something like that. Wow. Which is pretty, I mean, that's a lot. I mean, a million, That that's like all of Nashville together watching the F1 race, which, I mean, that's pretty big. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Uh, nine hundred and sixty-three thousand viewers. There you go. Um, which is wild because even with NASCAR being down, like NASCAR still trounces a lot of sports broadcast with um, their ratings, which uh. is just fascinating because it feels like it's down, but and it is down compared to where it was at one point. But like you know, the it averaged two point nine three million viewers NASCAR this year. Okay. That's where good. It f- yeah, that's really good. I mean, it feels like with F1's on the rise and NASCAR's on the decline, both of which are true, but NASCAR's still averaging more than double what F1 gets. You know, right. it's just interesting kind of seeing the the popularity of NASCAR that's still there despite the fact that it doesn't feel like it's there. Right. You know? I'm curious to see um, once the NASCAR documentary comes out, kind of like the drive to survive but nascar edition when that comes mm-hmm. out um i think it's mainly based on bubba i'm pretty sure yeah i'm wondering mm-hmm. if that's going to change uh viewership i'd be i'm curious to see that if, yeah if, it really you know, all depends on how well it's done you know yeah yeah they're not like making rivalries that aren't real rivalries carlos sides <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean yeah i mean it's just it's just really going to come down to how they do it and yeah how how well it is or isn't received, you know. I don't know if they anticipated Drive to Survive becoming as popular as it did. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I mean, I say that as somebody that still has yet to watch it. Um, it just hasn't happened. It might be fun for <laughs> you to watch now, now that you know like what happens in those seasons, and then you can just mm-hmm. kind of laugh at how Drive to Survive uh, tells those stories. And how you can you mm-hmm. how you maybe have already had your own opinion of said stories, and then you're like, why would you make the documentary like lean that way? Um, it's still <laughs> it's still very good. Like the production on it on the production value is fantastic. Um, um, and I'll I mean I'll I'll still watch it. I know a lot of people aren't watching it anymore, but like that are just way too nitpicky on things. But um, it's still very very fun and mm-hmm. really well done. Um, but that, I guess that kind of leads us into NASCAR, unless there's any more you want to talk about F1 before we leave. Um, yeah, that's that's good for me. Um, yeah, I can't wait for next year. Yeah. <laughs> and yep. it's, it's the same thing with NASCAR. Just a whole lot of excitement towards next year developing. I mean, a lot of it is just silly season news combined with um, just uh, with the, the new car that's coming in. 
Um, and so, so yeah, there is some good silly season stuff happening. Landing Castle getting a full time ride. Yeah, what that is <laughs> <laughs> with Colic Racing in yes. the Xfinity series. That is something that Landing Castle and Parker Klingerman are two guys that for years I've just thought I'm like, wouldn't it be nice if just somebody with a decent ride gave them a chance now? Like I know Landon Castle had a few. He got his. He kind of came in as a young guy and got a chance with Hendrick, mm-hmm. um, and kind of and drove like ten races for Junior Motorsports or Hendrick Motors. I can't remember what it was at the time. I think it was just Hendrick at the time because Hendrick basically became Junior Motorsports, basically, but not really. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think there was that. I think it was with Hendrick, and he kind of like he ran like five or ten races and average and had like a couple sixth place finishes, but, and then he never really got another shot in decent equipment. I don't think. Mm -hmm. Um, and it it just kind of goes to show, you know, as a 21 year old, if you don't take your opportunity, you don't know when it's going to come back around. Cause Landon castle is what, like 30 something now. It's probably around our age. Uh Um, and it's, so that's really exciting to see him getting a shot with colleague racing in the Xfinity series. And I'm, I'm really excited to see, what he does in it. He's 32. 32. He's, what? He's yeah, younger a few than months, I am. Yeah, he's <laughs> six months younger than me. Yeah. Wow. That's wild. I thought he was older. Same. <laughs> Same. He looks older. I mean, looking at these pictures, he kind of looks older, but <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Says the guy with gray hair. Yeah, so. <laughs> right. yeah. That's true. It's a good gray hair though. It's it is. It hair. is. It's peppery. Um, but speaking <laughs> of colleague racing, not only did he join full time in Xfinity, the colleague, cup lineup you couldn't ask for more (laughs) it's gonna be so much fun (laughs) it is daniel hemrick (laughs) noah gregson and aj allmendinger (laughs) okay it's just sharing a ride it's it's like okay i guess uh we're all buddies now (laughs) right (laughs) i wonder if noah and daniel just laugh at this now it's like you know what I was a butthole. You were a butthole. <laughs> Let's be friends well, or, or whatever. <laughs> Noah kind of strikes me as a guy that like Noah and Dan, they're, they're very opposite, but striking me as similar in one way that they probably like don't let stuff affect them for very long. Probably like Daniel, Daniel Hemrick's just a super nice dude who probably works stuff out with, can work stuff out with anybody. And Noah Gregson's one of those people that like could probably probably got in a fight with his best friend. Like they hit each other, beat each other, a pulp yelled that they hated each other. And then like 30 minutes later, went to cook out together. Yeah. Like <laughs> that's the type of guy he strikes me as. This guy, so, that's just what being bros is, man. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, and I, he just strikes me as being that way with everybody. And he's just kind of yeah. like, probably just moves on. <laughs> yeah. <So>. <laughs> <laughs> like it's cool, man, whatever. <laughs> yeah. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. It'll just be interesting to see how Colleague as an organization does in the Cup Series. You know, I know AJ is going to do great on road courses. Uh, I mean, he wanted a road course. He wanted Indy in the Cup Series last year, right? <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> with them, so you know that's going to be good. But beyond that, I'm like, oh, we'll see. You know, yeah. Justin Haley having a full time ride with them well, that should be. Hopefully, he does good. But yeah, he's got a ton of talent, and I mean, there's just so much unknown with this new car. There's so much, and I, I kind of love that. I feel like we're all yeah. on this level level playing field. Um, but to continue on with Silly Season, um, GMS and Petty have merged. Uh, never <laughs> saw this coming. 
<laughs> no, I was Ever. like, what? 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 Like, <laughs> doesn't make. I mean, okay. it makes sense, okay. but it doesn't make sense. I guess. Um, yeah, they have they have teamed up and uh, added a second car. The number forty-two piloted. I love by that Ty so Dillon. much. Me too. <laughs> Me too. We're bringing back the forty-two, which we really. I mean, we have we we saw it with. Um, with Ganassi. I mean, Chastain was in it last right, year. Right. Right. Well, yeah, but like, but in in a with a petty relation to petty, I guess is where I'm going. Yeah. Um, with when Kyle drove the Mel Yellow Pontiac. Bring back Mel Yellow as a sponsor. Just, yes. just do it. On the 42 car. On the 42 yes. car. Yes. We want it. Yes. We, we need want, it. We, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, we need it Darlington in, in April or whenever they're racing there. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Cool. Something like that. Uh, yeah. So that's exciting. Uh, uh, well, sorry. Ty Big D- yawns. Yes. Ty, Ty Dillon getting another, another chance. Um, piloting a cup car full time, not, not not this you know back and forth between single ride Xfinity and random cup rides. Uh, really good to see him back full time in a car. I'm very, mm-hmm. very pumped about that. Um, I'm excited to see what happens with two cars in the in the petty stable. That's freaking awesome. And that's two really talented drivers too, Ty yeah. Dillon, Eric Jones. Which yeah. again, if this car does prove to be more of an equalizer, which again we don't know if it actually will or not, but it just it just adds a component that's exciting to to think about. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, speaking of durability, you have a little note on here. Wreckability and durability of new car at super speedways, including Atlanta. What was your take on that? Um, so yeah, the super speedways, including Atlanta was a incomplete thought, I think. Gotcha. Um, but it's, it's separate, but it's fascinating. Just see, I mean, that's one of the great complaints with the cup series over the last few years, especially since they switched to this five fifty package, um, high, low down, high down, low, high down force. Um, package at like the the cookie cutter tracks the charlottes and the atlantas and the texases and the kansases all those was that you could just go full throttle all the way around and the cars were basically like stuck to the ground there weren't wasn't guys just spinning out you'd go whole races and the only cautions would be there'd be a debris caution the comp there'd be competition caution a debris caution and then the two stage breaks and like that would be it you know, and so you you wouldn't you'd have this slot car racing type mentality, and so it's been fun to watch through the. They had two days of testing this past week at Charlotte, uh, Wednesday and Friday, and the number of guys that just lost it by themselves is quite nice to watch. Just you know, guys coming through the corner and they have to they hit some bad air or they get loose or something goes wrong and the car just steps out. Um, on them and they, they spin out. Now, a few of them were flat tires related, um, but that's something that is exciting to see that all of a sudden the guys have to be on it every lap or else they could wreck. And that's, uh-huh. you know, you don't, I don't want to see wrecks, but I want to see wrecks, not because I like watching crashes, but because I like the cars being so hard to drive and them on edge so much that mistakes happen yes. to even the best drivers. Yes. Um, and so it was fun seeing, like, the other day, the cars that wrecked were William Byron, Denny Hamlin, and and Kyle Larson, I think, were the three that, that wrecked the other day. And it's like, well, those are three good drivers, yeah. you know, that um, I think Byron's was tire-related, but I don't think Larson's and 
and Hamlin's were. I think they just lost it trying to get all they could. Yeah. And so those are encouraging things to see. But then there's also the durability aspect of the cars are wrecking and they they hold up really well. Uh-huh. Um, that there's not overabundance of, t- of damage. That in most instances what they were doing is they were going out to the cars after they spun, kind of like looking around it. They were doing examinations of the cars to you know, see what happened in the wreck. Um, but then they would just change the tires and the guys would drive it back to the, the pit stall and it didn't look like there's too much damage. So it's kind of a similar to the, the Xfinity cars where um, they can, you know, the cars have a good bit of uh, of give to them, which is, is nice to see and it's I think brings some positive things for encouraging guys to drive over the top uh-huh. if they need to try. Um, knowing that if you get into the wall a little bit, eh, it's not going to kill you like it would with the old car. It's like you crush the right rear in a fraction of a, you know, just a little crinkle and the car's done. Like <laughs> right. you have a 25th place yeah. car. Um, hopefully so. they, uh, they work on the durability of the, uh, the sand barrels. <laughs> right. <laughs> Tyler Reddick. <laughs> was that Tyler Reddick? Yes. That? Yeah, it was right. Poor guy. Um, <laughs> I feel sorry for but, the cleanup crew. but yeah those are those are things that are encouraging to see Uh, the other thing that's interesting is the was the packages they were testing and considering um so the this they've officially landed at the 670 horsepower four inch spoiler for most of the tracks yes which is so exciting so exciting and something that has been wished upon i feel like this whole time yeah, I mean, just the 550 horsepower, it's just it's just not... It wasn't there. Yeah, I agree. And the bigger the spoiler, the more downforce, the easier it is to drive. And those were things that we we don't want the cars to be easy to drive. Most fans don't. It's like, give us... Obviously, we like the racing being close and guys being able to pass each other, but don't slow the car down and make them into slot racing cars. Like, So... That's really encouraging that they were able to to change that from the 550 that had been rumored for the last two years. Yep. That's 120 horsepower. That's that's. I mean, it's not the 900 horsepower they had 20 years <laughs> 20 ago. Years ago. <laughs> <laughs> um, the exceptions to that are the super speedways, which right. includes Atlanta, all of which are running like a a 520 horsepower or like 540 or it's some. It's I think it's even below 550. So that's yeah, it look, was just I'm interesting for that right now. It's interesting to me that Atlanta is being included in that. Like yeah. are they really expecting Atlanta to become like a a mini Daytona or Talladega? Um no. Cuz cuz I was expecting it to be more like a thinner Atlanta. <laughs> right, that's exactly what I was thinking too. Yeah, so um, they're going to determine that next month of what that rules package will be. Man, that is cutting it close to February. Mm-hmm. Jeez, man. Mm-hmm. But I guess that is the the plus side of these new cars is that they're you know they're so out of the box ready, sort of, kind of mm-hmm. that that's okay to do. But I don't want that pressure. <laughs> right. Um, but with that comes the the hesitation too of having to remind myself to not draw too many conclusions right. from test in January, because um, with this the package they've had the last few years at five fifty high horse low downforce low high or high down high downforce low, low horsepower, horsepower. There you, go. <laughs> you did it they had they had that test in vegas a few years ago right before they introduced it 
and the racing there was incredible. They ran these mini races uh-huh. and they were so much fun to watch and there was so much passing and no one could get away with the lead, but you could pass the leader and it was just really entertaining, engaging. And we're like, man, this package is going to be amazing. But what we didn't consider is it was only like 18 cars and it was a really cool week in Las Vegas in the middle of December, January. Right. And so as a result of that, when they actually got to racing it in actual racing conditions, it was kind of like, uh, this, this is terrible. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and it was a bit of, oh, we'll wait and see. Let them figure it out. No, it stayed terrible for yeah, two years. Yeah, it really did. It really, <laughs> I tried to give them the benefit of the doubt of, okay, you know what? We got to work on this. We got to fine tune it. It's, everything's going to be great. Uh, never really. <laughs> no, no, it was terrible. There, there'd be a good race here and there, or a great ending, and we'd right. be like, "Oh man, this is awesome!" And the restarts were incredible. Right. But once you got past five laps into a run, it was kind of uh, okay. This right. We're, it's just going to be boring for the next right forty minutes. And we're going to be the same way with these new cars. We're, I mean, it's going to take quite a few races to be like, "Okay, let's see just how this goes," and. uh you know, it'll be three years later, and we'll still be like, let's just see how this goes. But, <laughs> but uh, I am hopeful that these cars are going to be much better, and everything's just going to be a little more exciting. I mean, mm-hmm. we're still going to watch it no no matter what. I feel. I mean, <laughs> right, that's just, absolutely. That's just how we are. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I and I won't stop and just kind of go with the punches, as they say. For yeah, absolutely. Um, so it'll be fun. Um, I know you need to get out of here soon. Do you have any play on yellow card, red cards? I do not okay. other than well I see we already have on the notes to talk about what I was going to talk about so okay. let's just let's just talk about the NHL. All right, NHL has suspended uh all everything um which I prefer suspend rather than cancel. <laughs> uh <laughs> right. for, for um all all games all everything um until after Christmas. Um so just to, to the end of the week um essentially hopefully um, amid all these uh, COVID nineteen outbreaks, um, they're just going everywhere, uh, mm-hmm. which really sucks. Um, I am thankful for two reasons: one, the trauma that you know we all experienced when the world shut down uh, hasn't really uh, come through fruition in my own soul. Of oh my gosh, we're going right back to where we were. I don't. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so I'm thankful that that has not come you know has surfaced i'm also thankful that they are just deciding to you know what let's just stop we can reschedule all this and let's just let everybody get healthy again and we will continue as normal as normal as possible that's how it reads right now (laughs) yeah and it it wasn't too too many games getting canceled i mean a few games had already been canceled earlier in the week like the sabers were supposed to play last night um, but it got canceled because Columbus had like four players or five players in the COVID protocols um, and their other game. So they're they're scheduled to not play again until next Monday. Right. So it was really just seven, I think, additional games that ended up getting canceled because of, of this. Um, it'll be interesting to see with Canada. I read somewhere that they were – they had canceled all – travel between canada and the u.s until after christmas um so it's just going to be interesting to see if the nhl has to readjust things i mean they have these division formats and if they're going to have to go back to having a an all canada division for a little while like i don't we don't don't know how it's going to shake out um of course it gets to the, the next point the nhl 
no longer going having NHL players in the Olympics opens up a 17 day window to make up a lot of games. <laughs> oh so. God, yes. Um, um, I'm 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 bummed about that. Yeah, I am too, and I know like most people are, most of the players are, but it's it's all this bumming with bummed out with this air of understanding. Yes. Um, even we have like at our preschool. Um, we have our big Christmas, they do a big Christmas play at the end of the, um, this, the year. And so it was supposed to be last Friday. They were going to do their, their Christmas play. And then, um, then the kids are done for two weeks or whatever it is. Uh, but the night before we found out that one of the kids came down with COVID, um, and it was one of those deals where it's like, okay, well that, that class can't come. But then half the kids in that class also have siblings in other classes that, it's all affected. And it was just one of those things where we just decided like, all right, let's just postpone it and we'll come back in the new year and still have the kids give their performance. It just won't be before Christmas. Um, and it was, there was kind of this fear of how our parents can respond. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty much universal. Like we understand this is really tough. Our kids are disappointed, but like we get it. And you know, yeah. thanks for doing, you know, and so there's this level of like, you know, we're not, no one's happy about it, but we get it and we're okay with it. Right. And it seems like the NHL and the players kind of have that same, like, especially some of the older guys are a bit more bummed, like Sidney Crosby, who, this, sure. he's, you know, he's older. This could have been his, you know, who knows where he'll be in four years in his career. And so this could have been his last Olympics. And so yeah. some of those guys, it hits a bit harder for. Right. Um, and it's also hard just with the number of, I mean, we've like Connor McDavid and, Jack Eichel and Austin Matthews and all these guys that this is now two Olympics that it would have been amazing to get to watch them play in that have both been missed out on. Right. Yeah. Um, so it, it stinks, but it's understandable. And, um, it, yeah, it just kind of is what it is. You gotta roll with the roll with it for now. Um, yep. It sucks. Roll with the Omicron. It, yeah. But Omicron, 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 yeah. Omicron, I think is what it is. Yeah. Omicron, yeah. Um, Thankfully, it's been a while since I've taken Greek. <laughs> Dude, it's so funny when they released the name of that thing. Like a week later, I was in a parking lot at UPS, and someone had a name plate around their license plate of like their fraternity, and it was mm-hmm. Omicron something. I was like, "What the hell?" <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "What is that?" Oh, right. Yeah. It was like literally, it was like Delta Omicron something else. It was an actual mm-hmm. school thing. It wasn't like a, you know, a joke. <laughs> it was real. Right. It's like wow. Um. So well, yeah. it, was, it was the irony when the Delta variant was really big and I'd keep seeing Delta ads everywhere. <laughs> yeah, you're like, what? <laughs> it's like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Um, yeah, so this uh, you know this version of COVID's not as severe, so that's awesome. And, you know, we'll just view it as the flu in like two years. Maybe. Probably. Probably like, It'll... Probably like eight years, but. <laughs> yeah, eventually it may just become like a modern day flu. And, yeah, we can't, um, we won't postpone yeah. games because of it. Right. Uh, but. but we can't control that. So we just ride with nope. it. Nope. Uh, we just talk yep. about it. Cool. Yep. Well, I know you have to get out of here. Uh, folks, have a great Christmas, holiday season, uh, and, a, and a good new year. A great new year. Mm-hmm. A wonderful new year. Uh, um, um, Happy Festivus. Happy Festivus, uh, <laughs> happy Boxing Day uh, for mm-hmm. when because that's the best day of the year for for soccer. 
Yep. Um, which we did not touch on, but we will touch it on in a few weeks when we come back and join you guys in the new year. And until then, I'm Nick. And I'm Josh. We will talk to you guys later. Bye.